Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Hello, beloved. Jesus here is on a roll. We're on to chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. But when Jesus was teaching, there were no chapters nor verse breaks. It's all seamless. That's why you got to read it in a sense together. So though we're dividing this out and speaking about Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, I encourage you to just, even you could pause now and glance back to get a feel of how Jesus is describing the coming judgment but he's also describing the coming glory of that day. It's one of the things that most amazes me about the day of the Lord. It's called the great and the terrible day of the Lord because it's the moment of division where there is a clear fork in the road of which way you're going to go. It's both terrible for those that have resisted and will continue to resist even to that moment, and yet it is so great For those of us that say yes, because what's prepared for us is a perfect state of a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness rules. Do you know what that means for me and you? Today, I had several moments where I felt discouraged. I had several moments where I felt anxious. I had several moments where I think I was probably deceived and didn't know it. I actually guarantee I probably was because how much deception there is out there. I had moments where I felt disappointed. Our days on this side are filled with things that will not exist when Jesus brings perfection. So even though there's certain parts of my heart that wrestle with the finality of God's judgment and the severity of God's judgment— At the same time, I know that most of my heart is actually longing for such a thing because I know it's only in that finality and that extremity that I will be able to personally and together with all of you experience perfection. For righteousness to rule and to be uncompromised, everything else must be destroyed. Jesus is going to continue in this passage And it's him preparing us for the wedding banquet. This is verse 1 of Matthew 25. At that time, that's why it's important to read the context, that time is that final day, the culmination when Jesus is about to return and does return. It's at that time in that context. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was long, a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. 
While they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Very similar themes that we've been working with here the last several podcast episodes. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. I want us to take a step back and look at this parable as a whole. For some of us, we might be alive the day when the bridegroom comes and the call of the trumpets go out and it's come out to meet him. For many of us, maybe for all of us, we won't be there. But Jesus documented the scripture to unpack to us so many beautiful principles so that as his 2,000-year-old bride from every tribe, tongue, and nation, that we would all, in a sense, know him, that we'd all come out to meet him, that we'd all participate in the wedding banquet. At that time, the kingdom of heaven is like the ten virgins. Now, this might seem like a very awkward situation. Why are 10 virgins coming out to meet a bridegroom? Shouldn't a bridegroom only marry one person? (laughs) We don't know if the 10 virgins are handmaidens that are part of the marriage ceremony, which is often the case, like bridesmaids, or if it's a picture of the 10 virgins being wed to the bridegroom. But what it points to certainly is that we, Jesus, is marrying us collectively You are not the bride of Christ. I am not the bride of Christ. But there is a collectiveness of us being his bride and his beloved. But five of them were foolish and five were wise. What's important about this is that these women, they were virgins, symbolizing the purity. They had not given themselves in marriage or sexual intimacy with another They were ready in this moment to share themselves. They were pure, but they didn't have oil. Part of what's happening here, too, is that they fell asleep. Jesus recognizes that when he came 2,000 years ago, there was such a dynamic experience with Jesus being here in the flesh. There was such a fiery zeal. If you saw him physically crucified and you saw his physical body remaining, having remaining nail marks in his hands and on his feet, there's a certain edge of awakeness, alertness, and zeal that would go forth in your life and in your preaching. Now, that does not negate the fact that we have something greater in a sense with the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. But Jesus does recognize that there is a drowsiness and a sleepiness that can come over individuals and the church as a whole as we've spent 2,000 years waiting and longing for his return. For you, if his return seems far out, seems disconnected, if you haven't thought about your wedding day with him in the last few days, I'd say to you, wake up, wake up. Do not be sleeping. There is a sleep of doubt and a tendency to forget the moment. That is the moment that you are living for. What you are in now is not true life. 
though he has come to bring us life and to bring it to us abundantly, it says, Paul says to Timothy, lay hold of the life that's truly life. So I encourage you today, may the Spirit of God wake you up that you would be alert and aware of what's to come, that even if we have to wait a thousand more years, even if you have to wait the rest of your life and you don't get to experience it in your lifetime, may you wake up to the reality that he is so excited about that moment and your reward and the fullness of his blessings for you are coming at that moment in time, the final culmination. So we see these virgins, they're pure and they're prepared. They have lamps, but they fall asleep. Jesus understands and he communicates that not just the ones without oil fell asleep, they all fell asleep. There's a drowsiness and a sleepiness that all of us, even as believers, are prone to experience at times. But the thing that's very important here is that they lacked oil. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. When the virgins woke up, it was at that moment that the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Part of what's happening is although that there is a drowsiness and a sleepiness that can come upon all of us, what Jesus is really highlighting in this moment is at that time, Coming close to Jesus' return, there will be a draining of the oil or an ending of the oil in lamps. What does that mean? When, you're, when you have a car and you don't use it that much and don't put much mileage on it, you don't need to change your oil nearly as frequently. When you are traversing over incredibly difficult terrain for long amounts of time, you need to change your oil more often. Part of what Jesus is highlighting is that there is a difficulty coming on the earth in the latter days, and there's a need to not just have a little bit of oil or stamina. We need the oil of his love and his intimacy to fuel us so that we can make it till the end. These foolish virgins had lamps that were still lit. But it was right up next to his coming, they recognized, oh no, our lamps are going out. Jesus is here for you. He's here for me. He's wanting your lamps and your supply of oil to not go out a few years from your death. He's not wanting it to go out a few years or a few moments from his second coming. He's not wanting us to be 97% of the way perseverant. He's saying to the church now, but certainly of the last generation, you got to be in it for the long haul and you got to be prepared for what's coming. I don't want you to run out. Now, what is this? You'd think that the wise virgins could share their oil with the foolish ones, but their response is no. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. What's interesting about this oil is you can't just get it from someone else. Each one has their own portion, but if someone else tries to give away what they have, they might not have enough. 
This is a very interesting principle and so important. You can't just get it from someone else. You got to go and you got to buy it. You got to spend your money, your resources to acquire what other people can't give you. Now let's go to the end again of this passage. When they say to him, sir, sir, open the door for us. We went and we came back and now we have oil. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. This is so interesting. I don't know you. Now, with any analogy or parable, the example breaks down. Even Jesus' perfect analogies, because they're not the reality themselves, they point to different things to draw out revelation and principles of that which is true and sure. So the the tagline, the culminating line that really ties this all together, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. What's the difference between the five on one side and the five on the other side? All ten were virgins. They had kept themselves pure for that moment. Two, all of them had fallen asleep. They had experienced the drowsiness that happens when it's late at night, almost till midnight, and you're sitting around waiting. The difference was that half had enough oil and half didn't. But the main difference that really speaks into it in verse 12 is, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. What is oil in all of Scripture? Oil represents the Spirit of God throughout so many prophetic writings. But it also, in that, describes intimacy or vibrancy or life that comes from another. Just like a tree draws up nutrients from the earth and creates a sap, and just like in the prophet Zechariah, it talks about the witnesses, the olive trees, and their branches and the oil coming into the candlesticks. This oil is the knowledge of God facilitated and distributed into you by the person of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, the Spirit of God knows the Father and the Son perfectly, and the Spirit of God is there to fill you with the oil of intimacy. There are many that would claim to want to follow Christ. Many that would be religious. Like a virgin who keeps herself pure, there's many who are trying to do the good stuff, not give themselves to sin, not be explicitly or externally wicked. There are many that are kind of generally waiting for his return, but Jesus is calling us deeper, not out of fear to make us question, oh no, am I part of the five or not part of the five? The deeper thing is the invitation to know him. If you don't know him and the testings come and the only way you can persevere through is by his love, then you must know him. Beloved, may we know him. May our oil containers of intimacy be full. May our lamps be kept burning until your last breath in this age. May you love him, and may you be ready to experience and receive him as your bridegroom. Come, let's go get oil, the oil of intimacy. Let's buy it with all of our time, money, and resources. Let's seek out our beloved. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his Spirit who indeed is this Jesus.